It is 7.04 and nice and bright and sunny outside still. I am loving this. Uh, you want to call us, we'd love to hear from you. Have employment questions, severance questions, anything under that uh, umbrella. We are, as always, handling the calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I'll try to get to through uh, a few emails uh, throughout the evening as well. And that is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We always start the show with the week that was, yeah? That's right. And by the mm-hmm. way, I'm looking here at the TV screen. It says a low of one degree tonight. What is that? I don't know if I It's approve. sunny, but it's, I didn't say it was warm. No, it's not, it's not very nice. But <laughs> in any event, it, it is what it is. We're here to talk about employment law, workplace rights, everything and anything in between. We're here. We're live. We're in the studio. We're uh, you know, ready and itching to take all your questions. So uh, lay them on us. Now, uh, we, you always like to start with the week that was. And by the way, it's a, a really bi- big week. There's a story in the news about uh, Scotiabank uh, letting, go, letting go of a number of employees. I've already spoken with a, a bunch of Scotiabank employees. I'm actually working with a few of them right now. Uh, if you've been uh, let go by Scotiabank, give me a call. We really need to talk okay. about a few things. Uh, but starting off with two couple of uh, scenarios that I saw very recently, and these really fall under the rubric of you don't mess with employment hour listeners, okay? Gotcha. Uh, we've been able to inform people, and, and these couple of uh, cases I'll tell you about are good examples. The first situation involved uh, a lady who had uh, years ago uh, reduced her hours of work from five days a week to three days a week. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, her employer approved about five years ago, uh, and she reduced to three days. What happened, though, very recently, the company said, we want you back to five days. You've been working for the last three or four years or whatever it is, as, as three days. We want you back to five. And she said no. And she had heard their show, and she knew that they don't have a right to change uh, the, the hours of work that way. And she said, well, no, I want to continue at three days. Well, what does the company do? They send her a record of employment saying, you've resigned because you've refused to work five days a week. She knew better. She knew that's not the case. She heard our show several times before and me talk about these issues. So she called me. And sure enough, of course, the employer cannot do this. Once the company reduced her, her uh, days, of week, uh, days of work to three days, that became the term of her employment. They could not unilaterally change it back to five days. Because of that, she was constructively dismissed. So she did not resign. She was owed her full severance. And for her, she had worked for a company for about 10 years. We're looking at 12 months pay that they owe her. So remember, if the company does you, quote, unquote, a favor, let's say, and they change the terms of your employment in the way that you wanted, they can't then change it back unilaterally. Once they give you something that becomes the term of your employment, and in this case, she knew better. She knew they can't uh, make her resign. She was ordered full severance. So the day reducing from five to three, that was favorable to her. She asked for that. Okay, she wanted because to normally it's say once they set precedent, they can do it again and again and again, Except right? this is something she wanted. Oh, it wow. fit better with her family life, and then they didn't have a right to increase it back to five because of that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Mike in Milton, you got the opening call. Good evening, Mike. Good evening. How are you? Good, pal. What's up? Okay. Um, I, have, I was um, quitting my job on Friday and I'm to do a track course. So to do that, I have to quit. The, and so I'm trying to wonder if I can get unemployment and work won't let me, uh, uh, what do you call it? They won't let me to uh, continue working because I have to take more time than my two weeks holidays. So ultimately, if you're the one that, that makes the decision to leave, if you're the one that decides that you can't work because you want to do uh, explore other things, so you're the one removing yourself from the workplace, no, you're not entitled to severance, and you're also not going to get EI 
you're only going to get AEI, which is, by the way, employment insurance, yep. is if the company lets you go. If they decide they don't want you to work there anymore uh, and they decide to separate, they have to pay you severance, they get AEI. But if you make that decision, unfortunately, in this situation for our caller, he doesn't get it. Wouldn't that be nice, right? 25 years you decide to quit and yeah, get severance? That would be nice. Hey-o. We should we should petition the government to change <laughs> yeah, the right. laws. Got uh, Sean in Newmarket. Sean, how are you? Good. How are you doing? All right. What's up? Not much, man. I was just curious to know if you're working flat rate or on a flat rate pay term like piecework, uh, but you're working more than 40 hours a week, does your flat rate term become uh, time and a half? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's calculated on the basis of forty four hours a week. But yes, you are you are still entitled to time and a half for uh, if you work piecemeal work for any hours over forty four hours a week. And the best advice always, uh, Sean and, and John here, with respect to overtime, is if you don't get the overtime that you're owed, the best place for that to go is the Ministry of Labor. You can't really speak to the Ministry of Labor if you lost your job. But right. with respect to overtime, so yes, Sean, you are entitled to get overtime. Thank you. Thanks, oh, man. You're welcome, Sean. So uh, so there you go. So that's the first part. More phone calls coming up. You want to uh, give us a call. We are on board and ready to rock. We are hitting the ground running. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lots more coming up on the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. It is 712 on your lovely Wednesday evening here in Toronto. Getting to your phone calls. Always top priority. Ari in Toronto. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good, how are things? Okay, what's your concern? All right, so I got a, I have a wife. She works at a, a college in Toronto, and she's on contract. So she only, uh, she's, uh, she's paid a certain amount. They keep renewing her every three months or six months. They never give her any sick days or vacation pay. And if she ever takes those, if we go on vacation, they keep docking her pay. And it drives me nuts. What are the rules and laws around this? Now, how long has she been doing this for, Ari? Years. Years, wow. Now... Are they treating her as an employee? What I mean, are, are they uh, withholding taxes off her pay? Yes. Okay. So it's actually very nonsensical for them to do that. It doesn't make any any sense simply because in the eyes of the law now, because she's been doing this for years, she's a regular employee. Is she part of a union, by the way? No. Okay, good. So uh, because of that, in the eyes of the law, she's a regular employee, which means that if one day they decide not to renew the contract, so now they say, hey, where this last contract we gave you really is the last one, she's going to be owed full severance based on all her years with the college. What they we cannot make them do necessarily is to make them, you know, put her maybe on the benefits plan, and and she is entitled to vacation. By the way, she she gets four percent of her earnings by way of vacation pay. Have they not been giving her vacation pay? No, that's what I keep telling wow. you. You're yeah. entitled to vacation pay, and she says I'm not. She is. She 100 percent is. It doesn't matter if she's on contract or, or regular. She's in, she owes vacation pay. That's actually illegal not to pay that. So here's what. So they're obviously breaking the law there. Uh, this is this really doesn't make a lot of sense at all for them to do that. And I think it's, it's a college, so you would expect the college being a, a more sophisticated employer. It's not a small organization. Right. So, Ari, what, what I want to do is I want to speak to you or your wife, uh, obviously, off air. I may be able to help here. Potentially a letter from me may be able to uh, to get this resolved. Uh, the other possibility, at least with respect to vacation, may be to deal with the Ministry of Labor. But there's a number of issues here, and I think uh, we should speak off air. No, they're not doing it legally. And to have these contracts renew every few months for years makes no sense. They may as well have one contract, one employment agreement with her, uh, and it's indefinite until they decide they don't need her anymore. That's the way to do it. 
So, yeah, they're just trying to save money, right? Well, yeah, but they're actually you know, they're actually breaking the law in doing that. So let me speak to her, uh, or uh, or you can speak to me off air, and let's figure out the best way to deal with it. I wouldn't just continue working under those circumstances. We can make make some changes. All right, this is the number you're going to want to write down. Uh, smart to phone in, by the way, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. That could be, now he, he said years and years. We don't know if that's five or, or 25, but it's... it's uh, it's sounding like they're not doing the right thing. Yeah, and, and what's the point? If you're the employer, what's the point of having someone sign a contract every three months or five months or six months for, for years? There's no point in that. That contract is not worth anything. You're not a contract employee at that point. You're a regular employee. So if she's a regular employee, treat her as a regular employee, and then let's just call it what it is. Uh, no, it's, it's a very uh, very kind of Bush League way to deal with things. Right. Severance pay calculator. Give me that. So, again, if someone loses their job, we always like to mention this because I think it's, it's really one of the most uh, effective, efficient tools that people can have in, in their back pocket. You lost your job, you go to severancepaycalculator.com. Simple. You go there, your first place, your first line of attack, that's where you find out how much compensation you're owed. Uh, you, you don't know, or you, you've received a severance package. Maybe you're worried that you will receive one because maybe the company's making some changes. You want to know how many months or weeks pay you are owed. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you right there how many months of compensation you are owed. It's anonymous, it's free, it's accurate. Everyone should go to severancepaycalculator.com. Have that handy. You never know when you're going to need it. And we often mention that, too. You know, when you check it out, especially when you're, when you're cross-referencing with maybe a severance letter you've got in front of you that has a dollar amount, and you fall off your chair because the dollar amount on the, on the calculator is so much greater. That is accurate information. It is accurate information. And 90% of the people that are using 95% of the people are going to have exactly that reaction. They're going to look at it and say, holy cow, that's really high. That's a lot more than what I've been it offered. It can't be. And the reason why it's a lot higher is because that's what the law provides. And unfortunately, many employees don't know that and they don't use the calculator. So don't let that happen to you. I want to get into this situ- discussion that is situations when you have more seniority than you realize. Like this, if you're recruited from another job. Seniority is a very important thing. It's especially important when it comes to severance. Because one of the factors that goes into determining how much severance you're owed is the length of your employment. And sometimes the length of your employment can be very simple. I started in 2014. I was let go in 2016. I'm a two-year employee. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get severance on the basis of two years of employment. In many other cases, it's not that straightforward. You may have a lot more seniority for the purpose of calculating your entitlements than you realize. And one such situation, as we've said, is if you've been recruited from another job. If you've been recruited from another secure job, in other words, you weren't looking to leave, they came to you and convinced you to take the job, and then you were let go shortly thereafter, the law would give you extra credit. They would give you credit for the time you had with the previous company. So you may have worked for the previous company for five years, were recruited and worked for one year for the new company. In the eyes of the law, you may now be a six-year employee. So your severance is calculated on that basis. So remember, being recruited may mean more seniority. Got uh, Kevin on the line. Good evening, Kevin. How are you, pal? I'm great. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, just a quick question for you guys. I know you guys talk about, uh, you know, the full uh, entitlement for severance. 
Now, there are certain companies that are set on only paying the minimum requirements. So, about that, like, how does that work? Well, they can't pay just the minimums. So, it doesn't matter if they want to, if they think they can or should. You have entitlements to your full severance entitlements, not just the minimum. So, ultimately, it's irrelevant what the company wants to do. The law decides how much you're owed. And the, the law decides your entitlements based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And if you don't get your full entitlements, that's a wrongful dismissal. So if the company says, I'm only going to pay your minimum entitlements, I don't care about your full entitlements. You've been wrongfully dismissed. Okay, I see. So there's no such thing that they could just stick to that uh, minimum requirement. Absolutely not. Unless you signed an employment agreement right. that limits you to the minimums, uh, then, and even in those cases, oftentimes we can get around that. But in, in the otherwise, no, they cannot limit you to the minimums. It's not up to them. They don't decide. The law decides. Got uh, Guy. We'll get you in quickly here, Guy, before we take a break. What's your question? Well, just uh, basically with unions, where does a person go if they're failing to represent? So, you know, unfortunately, if you're part of a union and the union doesn't want to help you, your options are very limited. The only thing you could do is you can file a complaint with the labor board against the union. It's called a duty of fair representation complaint. Uh, and you can try to get the union to order, sorry, the, the board to order the union to help you. The problem with that, Guy, is that it's very difficult to be successful in these things. In my experience, it's almost never successful. <laughs> so in, in reality, if you're part of a union, you, cannot, you, you live and die by the union. Outside help, for instance, from you. Yeah, and I can't help. I, I, I can't say, well, if the right. union's not helping, I'm going to do it instead. I'm going to help you instead of the union. It has to be the union. And in many cases, and you know, I'm sure our listeners and yourself perhaps can identify with that, the union may not want to help. Maybe they, they have other political reasons or bigger fish to fry, and they don't want to help the individual person. Unfortunately, if that happens to you, you're stuck. Give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll take a quick break. You want to send Lior an email, that's possible as well. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Yeah, we love taking your phone calls live on the air here and uh, vetting your concerns. But as Lior mentioned just prior to that, his number anytime, 416 416- 216-5900. Very simple. Has it on them all the time. So we're talking about situations where you have more seniority than you realize. How about this? And the business was sold. Yeah. And uh, another situation, very common one, where you actually may have more seniority. So if you're working for a company and maybe some years ago that, that business was sold, well, guess what? Because the business was sold and you now continued working with the buyer, doesn't mean that at that point your seniority started from zero. In fact, when you continue working with a buyer of a business, your seniority carries through. The buyer inherits your service. Mm -hmm. So that means that if down the road they decide to let you go for whatever reason, they have to account for your full service, including the service you had with the previous company. So again, an example, I worked for 20 years with a company, the business is sold, I continue working and I work for two years with a new company. Well, guess what? After two years, I now have a total of 22 years of service. So if I'm going to get severance at that point, it's going to be on the basis of 22 years. A huge, huge difference. And oftentimes, uh, employers don't realize that, that if they take on employees, they inherit the service. Very common, certainly with smaller businesses, you know, dental offices, etc. One dentist may buy the other one's uh, practice, not realizing that the employees that the, the new dentist is taking on, that dentist inherits all their service. So very, very important for our listeners to understand that your seniority doesn't start at zero. 
just because the business is sold. Is that something that the new buyer could be savvy and put that into an employment contract for the current, you know, someone comes in, buys a business, hands all the employees a new contract saying, oh, here's your thing. Could they slip that in there? And would it be, would it be binding? Saying, so, you know, we will not recognize the 25 years you spent before we bought the business. In some situation, yes, they can contract out of, of service. Yeah. Uh, that said, I mean, I, I would recommend to anyone, if you're being, uh, if your business is being bought, and you can continue working with a new website, yet yeah, don't uh, don't accept something. No. If you're going to continue working with a new business, sorry, don't accept something that eliminates your past service. Uh, employers, by the way, rarely do that. So in most cases, 99% of the time, when a business buys a new business, an old business, and the employee continues, that service continues. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Sue in Georgetown, good evening, Sue. Oh, hi, Lior. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Great. I've actually retained your law firm working with Lauren on my husband's case. Excellent. And I'm just wondering, I was uh, checking the uh, Ministry of Labor website on the weekend, and I noticed that they finally added in um, something regarding uh, wrongful dismissal, greater rights than ESA notice of termination, termination pay, and severance pay. Oh, did they? Okay, wonderful. Yeah, first time they got, actually, it says the rules under the ESA about termination, blah, blah, blah. Some employees may have rights under the common law or other legislation. Wow. Them greater rights. Took them three Yay. years to get that across. Amazing. Hello. They've been listening, finally. So is, is it easy to find on their website? Pay severance pay. Uh, wow. And then it goes on to say, um, you know, you must choose one or more. Employees may wish to obtain legal advice. Oh, that's huge. So I've been advocating this for the last, I don't know how many years, yep. and, and I'm glad to see it. Now, is it easy to find on the website, or is it hidden? It's actually right under where I went before initially. Are you entitled to severance, blah, 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 um, exemptions from severance pay, wow. you know, rights, and it's the last thing on the pit. It's right there on that same page. You know, I, I actually had to commence some legal actions against the ministry on behalf of people that, that received the wrong information, so I'm glad that they finally are getting the message. That, that's great news. I'm going to actually check it out as soon as the show's over. I'm going to go. I actually sent you an email, and I, I uh, okay. just copied that, so I didn't know if you were away Beauty. or not, but I just thought I'd let the listeners know that I was delighted when I just went in to see it, and I wow. Thought, wow, they've added it in. That's How great news. something to do with it. Well, good. You made my day. I've been really advocating for that for years and years, and, and just for, for our listeners that don't necessarily understand the context here right. of, of what Sue is talking about, the Ministry of Labor traditionally only could advise or only did advise people with respect to their minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. Hence so, the widespread belief of a week or two exactly. weeks per year. So yeah. you may call the Ministry of Labor traditionally and say, I've worked for three years as an example. How much severance am I owed? They'll tell you three weeks. But they wouldn't tell you is, is that that is only your minimum. And you're owed a lot more than that. It could be six months, eight months, ten months. And uh, I've always said, well, you can't do that. You're misleading people. You get them to accept inadequate severance packages. Well, based on what Sue just said, it seems like uh, the, the Ministry of Labor has got the message and have added something at least to their website that uh, tells people, but wait a second, there's other entitlements that you have over and above those minimums. Wicked. If that is Good. the case, I'm really happy to hear it. Ryan, let's uh, squeeze you in under the Y here. You got a, a question for Lior? Yeah, hi, how you doing? Good, pal. What's going on? I'm wondering what happens with severance when a company terminates, terminates an employee that they believe is with cause, but it's contentious. So it's very difficult to terminate someone for cause, Ryan. Very, very, very difficult. It's a high, high standard. Do you, do you want to tell me a bit more about your situation or the one you're well, talking about? It was a relative who yep. had worked for the company for 11 years. Yes. And um, they had terminated him with cause, they stated, due to um, absences and uh, pretty much absence-related reasons. He had worked for 11 years, 
Um, I had advised them to ask about severance, and they stated because it was with cause, uh, you're, you know, severance isn't uh, part of the entitlement. Now, was he part of a union? No. Okay. So here's the thing, uh, Ryan. It is very difficult to ter- terminate someone for cause. Whatever he did would have had to be something so bad, so terrible, that it would have made it impossible to continue employing him. Obviously, I don't know exactly what he did or didn't do. Sure. But what I can tell you that in 90% of the cases when someone is terminated for cause, maybe more than 90%, it's not even close to being caused which makes it a wrongful dismissal. So without even knowing what your relative did, I can tell you the odds are that he was wrongfully dismissed and that he's owed full severance, and potentially after 11 years, he could be owed a year's pay, maybe more than a year's pay. So it's very important, Ryan, that you get him to to give me a call. I want to talk to him about what he did, what they did, if there was previous discipline, warning, suspensions, and on that basis I can advise him, yes, there is cause, or no, there isn't, and if there isn't cause, I can help him get his full severance. Did Ryan say how long ago was this, Ryan? This was, a, it's going on a, just a bit over a year now. Okay, okay well, you're, yeah. you're, you're good still because there's a two-year limitation period, but I would not wait on this any longer, Ryan. Have him give me a call as soon as possible. Happy to talk to him. Very important. Ryan, it is 416-216-5900. Lots more of the Employment Hour. You can also uh, drop Lior an email anytime. It's Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Get more information from him that way. Got uh, Michael on the line. Thanks for hanging through the break. Michael, what's your concern? Yeah, hi, Lior. Hi. Okay, I, I'm, uh, I work for a Canadian company that got purchased by a uh, European company, and now the European company has now been purchased by a company from Asia. Okay. And my question is, when I signed, when we were purchased by the European company, we basically had to sign over into the new company. Uh, will we have to do that with the Asian company buying the uh, European company now? You may. Uh, ultimately, it's up to the company to decide whether they want a new employment agreement, a new agreement to be signed by the employee. There's no legal obligation for them to do that. It's the company's uh, decision. Now, the very important thing to understand is anytime you need to sign something that governs the terms of your employment, it's not an automatic thing that you just sign it. You have to get it reviewed and understand what it says, what it doesn't say. If it uh, presents uh, something that's going to give you problems later on, as an example, it may contain a term that allows the company in the future to let you go with minimal severance. You don't want that. You don't want to agree to preemptively give up tens of thousands of dollars. So will they ask you to sign something? Possibly, probably. Uh, They don't have to. And if they do, Michael, my best advice to you is you have to get some advice. Let's make sure that what you've been offered is fair, that it's appropriate, you're not missing anything. At least you're going into it with your eyes open. Just just one follow-up little question to that. Yes, that's exactly what happened the first round. We we had to do resign because uh, they, they came in with the severance package, which was you know, to the law of the land and not what we had with the original company. Hmm. But, but my question is now, um, if, if I don't sign into the new company, does the old company have to package me out? Correct, they do. Yes, if, if you don't sign, the old company has to pay you the amount that's specified in that agreement that you signed with the European company. They'd have to pay you the package uh, that, that's specified. 
If, if you want to know exactly how much that is, I can take a look and let you know. But yes, if you decide not to sign, you'd be entitled to compensation. But, but again, best advice, this is something we got to get right. If you are offered a job and you decide not to accept it with a new company, let's still talk. Let's make sure that we're doing it the right way and that we know how much you're going to get so that you can decide on one hand, on ha- I have this package I'm going to get. On the other hand, I have this job offer so that you know, you know, you can compare apples to, to, to apples properly. So if you're in that situation, give me a call. Uh, Otherwise, if they don't want you to sign, you want to continue working, by all means. Mike, that number, Lior's number, 416-216-5900. Manny in Toronto, good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you guys? Good, brother. What's happening? Good good show, good show. Leo, I got a question for you. So I was hearing you earlier about being recruited from one uh, job to another. Uh, I was um, employed by a firm that was actually my firm, a small general contracting company, which I operated for about five years and went from scratch to a half-decent company. And I was recruited um, over a period of one year uh, for another firm, uh, which uh, signed me up for a five-year contract. Okay. So I guess my question is, after that, and I can terminate that contract today at any time, they can terminate with cause. But after the five years is done, if they don't give me notice that uh, they no longer want to employ me, but it goes beyond the day of the five years. Does that make me a full-time employee, and will I be entitled to severance if, you know, a year after that they, uh, they terminate my employment? Excellent, excellent questions, Manny. So here's how it works. You have a five-year agreement. At, at the end of the five years, if they decide not to have you continue working, then they are allowed to do that, unless, of course, the agreement says otherwise. The agreement would have expired, and, and you're done. On the other hand, if you continue working, the very next day, so five years in one day, you are considered now a full-time employee without an employment agreement, which means if after five years and two days they want to let you go, they have to pay you your full severance. So the only time they can end the relationship without any additional obligation is if they end it right when the contract ends, not a day after or a week after. So that's what happens the very next day. So from your perspective, that's actually a good thing. Uh, if you continue working the next day, you're a regular employee, you have the full entitlements and the full protections of the law in that situation. Make sense, Manny? I know that, that's a good answer. Now, what, because they recruited me from another firm, that takes into consideration those years of the after five years, that recruitment factor becomes not that important. Usually the, the recruitment factor uh, is, is a serious consideration in the first three to four years or so of employment. After five years, it, it probably won't impact your severance, uh, but uh, you can always check out the severance calculator to find out how much you would get after five years, six years, seven years uh, with this company. Severancepaycalculator.com. Frank, I'm going to get you in under the wire here up in Aurelia. Good evening. How are you? Hi, you not bad, sir. How are you? Good. Uh, my question is, my father has one tractor trailer. We've had a driver driving it for probably 15 to 18 years. Uh, my father's getting a little up in age. The trucks are getting a little old. Well, what is my father obligated, say he decides to just get out of the business? Right, and, and that, that driver that your father has 15 years has been working kind of exclusively full-time for your father for 15 years? Yes. Okay. We work, we work for different companies, but he's always worked for us. For you. My father. I gotcha. So I'm, I'm assuming at no point uh, did he sign an agreement that speaks to the issue of termination. Is that, is that fair to say? That's fair to say. And, and how old is this gentleman? 
Um, Approximately. He would be uh, 57. Come 57. So he's probably owed around 14 months of compensation. Okay, so I know it's a lot, uh, it, but that's what the law provides for him. So one of the best ways to deal with that is if you don't want to necessarily pay him, you know, here's a check for 14 months compensation, is you can give him advance notice. So if your, your, your father thinks that, you know, in a year or so he's going to be retiring, I would give him notice now and say, okay, I'm telling you that in June of 2017, mm-hmm. we're going to be shutting down here. And, and at that point, you're not going to have a position. So you would have been, if you do that, you would meet your legal obligations. And at that point, you won't have to pay him any severance. And in the meantime, if he decides to leave, that's up to him. He can leave and he won't have to pay anything. So if you wait till the, your father closes, the, you probably uh, have to pay him right around 14 months compensation, or you can give him 14 months or so advance notice. Does that answer the question, Frank? Yes, that's perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it, Frank. We'll take a quick break. Everyone else, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You know that number. And keep this one in your pocket, too. This is Lior's own number. It's 416-216-5900. Anytime, even when this show is not airing, like now or on the weekend, you can always get a hold of Lior. It's pretty simple, 416-216-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. That's the... Email address, we were talking uh, before we took a string of phone calls. I appreciate everybody calling in as well. That uh, situations where you have more seniority than you might realize. Now, if you have gaps in your service with the company, describe what that is. Yeah, so a gap in service, as the name suggests, is a situation where your service has not been completely continuous. So maybe you work for a company for a few years, then you left uh, and worked somewhere else, and you came back later and continued working. So what happens to your total service? Does it start fresh when you come back or does it count from when you first started uh, before? Well, it does depend, but in many, many cases, you can get full credit for your service, including a service that's not continuous. So if you've been uh, away from the job for not too long, you know, let's say if you work total for 10 years, but you've only been gone in the middle for maybe a year or so, that's a short gap, that service may be considered uh, to be continuous or if the company, when they hire you back, if they implicitly recognize your past service. So maybe they hire you at the same compensation, they don't give you a probationary term, they, uh, they give you a more vacation than they would any other employee right. because that's what you had before. So if the company implicitly recognized your past service, then the law would recognize it as well. So even though you may have been away and you started again with the company, your seniority may not start at zero. You may get full credit for the time you had previously, and that could be very, very important when we talk about severance. It could be the difference between you know, getting a couple months severance and getting 24 months severance. So very important to understand that just because you've had gaps in service does not mean that your service starts at zero uh, when you come back. You say gaps, but what's the, what would the, the threshold be? You know, it, it does really depend. Uh, and, you know, the, the longer the overall service, the more of a gap you can kind of get away with. Mm-hmm. So if you've worked for two years and you've been gone one year in between, that's a huge gap. If you work for 25 years, a one-year gap is nothing. So really, we need to look at the length of, of service to, to decide how kind of, what kind of a gap is okay. But just as important or even more important is whether if the, the company somehow implicitly recognized right. your service when you came back. Did they treat you as a new employee or did they treat you as an employee that had already been there? Uh, and if they treated you as someone that's already been there, then guess what? Your service continues, your service carries forward. And that could mean a, well, it could be a huge, huge difference 
if you lose your job down the road when it comes to calculating the amount of severance that you're owed. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, talking about situations where you have more seniority than you even realize. Uh, This one's a bit of a head scratcher. If the name of the company or the corporate structure changes. Yeah, a lot of companies think, a lot of employers, usually small employers think, well, you know, I used to be XYZ Inc. I'll change the company to XYZ1 uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a new employer. All these employees are starting from scratch. It doesn't work that way. So just because the company's name has changed or the corporate name, the corporate structure has changed, does not mean your seniority starts again at zero. In fact, the opposite is true. Your seniority is continuous. It doesn't get changed by the fact that the company's legal name, legal identity has changed. If you work, if you have a job, you go to the job the same time, do the same work, and uh, the only thing that's changed is the name of the company, guess what? We don't care about that. Your seniority continues, and that's very, very important because that means the employer cannot get away with avoiding paying you severance or reducing your seniority mm-hmm. just by changing the name of the company. It doesn't work that way. Take a quick break. You want to get a last-minute call in here, uh, serve it up right now, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell. This is the Employment Hour. It's right here. On Talk Radio AM 640. All right, let's get at it here. Last few minutes of the show. And uh, Frank in Vaughn, good evening. Thanks for calling through, Frank. Yeah, I've been, I'm an employer. I have a quick question. A few years back, we were having a bit of a hard time, and uh, we were almost going to go out of business possibly. So I um, laid everybody off and gave them severance at that time, but then hired them back the next day under hourly uh, arrangements before they were full-time salary. So we didn't go out of business. We've been around for a few more years and uh, <clears throat> wondering, suppose I was to lay someone off now, where would I go back with the severance? Right to the beginning or that yeah, point in time? It, it, it's, a, it's a very good question, uh, Frank, and I'll tell you the answer. You may not like it. Unfortunately, but what you did back then probably wasn't the best way to deal with that situation. I understand why you did it, but there, there probably would have been more efficient ways to accomplish your goal without you actually having to pay that severance at the time. Be that as it may, because the the employment was continuous for these employees, I mean, as you said, the next day they were hired just on different terms, uh, you have to go back, unfortunately, to the beginning, to to the the initial period of time when they started working, so not necessarily to when you hired them back uh, as uh, as employees. The law deems them to be continuous if the break was uh, less than 13 weeks. So in terms of how much severance you have to pay them, you have to go back to the when you first hired them the very first day, and that's the uh, service that they're going to get credit for. Right, even though I paid them something, I did that for no reason. Yeah, the reality is yes, and it's unfortunate to say that, like I said, there would have been other ways to deal with that at the time. Uh, Certainly, if you need to make changes, if you want to talk about how to potentially minimize exposure in the future, we can do that with employment agreements, other ways. You and I should uh, speak uh, off-air more detail. I'd love to talk to you for sure. Frank, I'll give you that number quickly. It's uh, 416-216-5900. Got uh, Mary here in Toronto. Mary, you got the closing call. What's up? Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. So my question is, is I'm on half long-term disability from Desjardins, and the other half is on Canada Disability Pension. Yes. Um, I'll never be able to go back to work because of a mistake made by a surgeon. However, what I want to know is my husband's been offered a job in a different province. I don't know if I'm allowed to go. I understand what you're saying. The answer is yes, you are allowed to go, 
uh, and you you can oh. relocate if you are as otherwise unable to work. So sure. by all means, you could you could go and you can confirm that with your insurance company. That's not gonna impact things. So you should be more than fine to go, and and hopefully it all works out for you. And I wish you all the best. Let's uh, take it down with another shot at the severance pay calculator. Right, right. Before we wrap up, we've talked already today with a number of people that have been let go or, or are in the process of being let go. So if you're in that situation, if you know someone that's in that situation, they're, they're losing their job, they've just lost it, they, you know, they see them down the street and they tell you, it was, today was a bad day, lost my job. Tell them to go to the severance calculator, severancepaycalculator.com. They can find out right there how much compensation they're owed so they don't have to wonder was I offered what's appropriate? Am I owed more? Is this a good offer or a bad offer? Severancepaycalculator.com. It's free. It's easy to use, anonymous. And if you want to, there's a green button on there. You can press it and they can contact me directly from there only if you want to. Severancepaycalculator.com. Till we're back here on the weekend and then again on Wednesday live again during the week. We can serve up a lot of the employment hour here on 640. The number is 416 416- 216 416-216-5900. That will get you Lior directly and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com for email. This has been the Employment Hour once again on Talk Radio, AM640.